everyone. Um, excuse me if I look a little bit uneasy. It's been a while I spoke in front of this many people, except maybe in speech competition back in middle school. <laughs> All right, so good morning, everyone. As some of you may know, um, every year in the new year, uh, Master Chun San, the central head Dharma master, gives out a New Year's Dharma Awards. And um, the one that stuck with me for quite a long time is the one from last year, which is, does anyone remember wh which one the last year was? No. It was the one, uh, World Where Buddha Lives in Each and Every Household. And since the Dharma Awards came out last year, actually, um, I've been pondering on this one question. What is Buddha? Hence the title, What is Buddha, for today's talk. At the Chicago Temple, currently where I reside in, uh, we get calls to the temple from many different people. And mostly it's people that are interested in Wan Buddhism or Buddhism. And they mostly ask this one question. So you're Wan Buddhism, then is it a place where you believe and worship Buddha? Do you have Buddha statue in your temple? And even a few weeks ago, um, we had a nearby church uh, come in for our uh, interreligious service uh, for their confirmation class. And the members there asked the same question, where's the Buddha statue here? And even when I talked to some of the members, not just at the Chicago temple, but also in members in other temples too, Regarding this, this particular subject of Buddha, what is Buddha? It makes me wonder, what is your understanding of Buddha to provide an answer or discussion topics like that? And through today's Dharma talk, I want to go over what Buddha really is with all of you. So one day I had a chance to have discussion session with a few friends and colleagues regarding the phrase, world where Buddha lives in each and every household. While we were having this discussion, one person brought up this very specific question. What are your thoughts on Buddha? What is your definition of Buddha? And people started sharing their thoughts, but I didn't say anything, but rather I pondered on this question for a bit. <coughs> and, <coughs> sorry. And plus I also wanted to see um, what kind of answers and discussions would go around with this particular topic. And there were different answers that people gave out. Some said Sakyamuni Buddha is Buddha. And someone said one that has Buddha nature is Buddha. And I don't remember exact words, but another person said, if you use your mind in such, such ways, you are Buddha. So, Everyone that's sitting here and everyone that's also watching through YouTube, what are your thoughts? Do you need Buddha nature in order to be a Buddha? Or do you need to have Buddha's mind in order to be a Buddha? So let us first go over the definition and the meaning of Buddha. I'd say most widely known definition of Buddha is Siddhartha Gautama, or rather widely known as Sakyamuni Buddha who many would know as the founder of Buddhism. 
Buddha was born in 6th century BC in Kapila, Indonesia, and he was born as a royal, but forsake his throne. And through six years of harsh training, he let go of all the suffering and awakened to the truth of non-being. And he spread his awakening by teaching others the doctrine and his teachings. So this is, I would say, the basis of many people. And for me, since I became a minister of Wan Buddhism, I get asked a particular question a lot by my friends. So Wan Buddhism has the word Buddhism in it. So do you believe and worship Buddha? And in, in this particular context, people are asking, um, the definition of Buddha is actually the Sakyamuni Buddha. And this particular question actually has two answers for me, both yes and no. To explain one of the answers, we need to actually look back at history. In the past historical Buddhism, Buddha was the only iconic sage during his time, and I would say in his country. And everyone had someone to look up to and learn from, the Buddha. There was no Buddha statue or images of him or because he was, he was there for them. And after his nirvana, so after he passed away, um, out of respect and all, and all, people started making statues, paintings, stupas, those kind of things. And as a result, these images, statues and statues, uh, statues and stupas, and paintings slowly became the object of faith. And they became the Buddha. And people made their wishes regarding health, wealth, salvation, etc. to these objects of faith. I want to mention a particular verse here. One day, a person inquired to the founding master Sutta-san, if Sakyamuni Buddha is your original teacher, why do you not enshrine an image of him but instead enshrine Iran-san? The circle here. The founding master replied with an image, uh, replied, with an image of Sakyamuni Buddha, it is difficult to elucidate and teach realistic understanding of the evidence of bestowed transgression and merits. So give it a thought. Think about it. Does Buddha image grant your wishes? Does Buddha statue have power to give you merits and transgressions? So I mentioned that there were two answers to the question that I get asked a lot, right? Looking from this particular perspective that I just mentioned, you'll understand why the answer is no to the question of do you believe and worship Buddha? <clears throat> now let us look into the aspect where we believe and worship Buddha. So within Wan Buddhism, when we talk about believing in Buddha, we talk about particular phrases a lot. It's actually mentioned in the very beginning of the scripture. Uh, the phrase is everywhere a Buddha, everywhere a Buddha image. And there are a few verses that get mentioned when we talk about this particular phrase, everywhere a Buddha image. And this particular verse is actually one of them. Uh, one day, founding master was in the prime master, prime Dharma master's room, and a group of people that were curious about one Buddhism came to be, pay a visit. They bowed and asked, where is your esteemed religion's Buddha enshrined? The founding master replied, our Buddha has just gone out. So if you would like to see him, please wait a moment. 
Not understanding what he meant, the group was puzzled. A little later, when it was lunchtime, a group of workers returned from the fields carrying their farm tools. The founding master pointed to them and said, they are all the Buddhas of our house. The group was even more puzzled about what he meant, but I'm pretty sure some of you here know what he was actually meaning. Within our doctrine, as I mentioned, we have everywhere a Buddha image, and Master Suttasan, during his time when he was reforming Buddhism, he did not limit the object of faith to a Buddha image or statue that's placed in Dharma halls. He emphasized that every person, everything is Buddha. For that reason, from this perspective, we could say that we believe in the Buddha, but the living Buddha. So some of you, as I mentioned, may know what I'm talking about when I'm mentioning this particular phrase, everywhere Buddha image, and the verse that I just mentioned. But not just the members here and those that are watching through YouTube, but when I talk to other um, temple members or even members in our own temple, I notice something. I notice that whenever they face sensory condition or their, their daily lives or, or encounter other people, they're able to turn their mind around and thoughts around and say to themselves, everywhere a Buddha image, so that person is Buddha, and this is Buddha, so I should be grateful and I should be humble. But on the other hand, whenever they're not able to overcome their own mind or face sensory conditions, I sometimes hear the phrase, I'm just merely a sentient being. I need to practice and study more. It sounds like, that stage of Buddha is far away from them. And whenever I hear this, I feel like it comes maybe from too much expectation or maybe self-low esteem. But whenever they see other people or other things, they're able to keep that everywhere a Buddha image. But when it comes to themselves, it sometimes frustrates me that why are they considering themselves as just sentient beings when they're also Buddhas too? And you have to keep in mind that your body, your own body, your sixth sense organs, and yourself is also Buddha too. Um, some of you may have heard the term three bodies of the Buddha before. No? Okay. <laughs> so as Reverend Ginger mentioned in the beginning, um, this is... Iran Sang is called Dharmakaya, Iran Sang Dharmakaya, fourfold grace. Dharmakaya is actually one body of the three bodies of Buddha. And then there's the second one, which is Sambhogakaya. And the third one is Nir Nirmanakaya. These are the three bodies of the Buddha. And I'll actually quote from Dharma Discourses of Cardinal Master Chongsan regarding the three bodies of the Buddha. The Dharmakaya, or the law body, of the Buddha is a designation for the true essence of the Buddha's self-nature, which is originally pure and clear and in which all dharmas are void. The Sambhogakaya, or enjoyment body, of the Buddha is a de designation for the wisdom of prajna, which is the perfect and well-rounded numinous awareness that reflects back on the self-nature of Buddhahood. The Nirmanakaya, or the transformation body, 
of the Buddha is a designation for the Buddha's discriminative mind and physical body with which he delivers sentient beings using innumerable, innumerable expedient means. And today I'd like to talk a little bit more regarding the Nirmanakaya Buddha, which Nirmanakaya Buddha, as Master Chang San mentioned, is a designation for the Buddha's discriminative mind and physical body, which he delivers sentient beings using innumerable expedient means. So easily put, it's the Buddha in the existent realm. And this Nirmanakaya Buddha actually divides into two categories. So the first category is the Buddhas of the full transformation, and the second is Buddhas who are partial transformations. So Buddhas of the full transformation is those who embody the truth as it is, and Buddhas who are partial transformations are those who do not fully embody the truth. So easily put, Buddhas of the full transformations are the Buddhas and the sages and the teachers, the masters, whereas Buddhas who are partial transformation is basically the name for all sentient beings, which means, yes, we're all sentient beings and we're partial transformations. Okay? But one thing I really want to emphasize today is the Buddhas of the partial transformation. Yes, we are sentient beings. Yes, we're Buddhas of the partial transformation. But partial transformation is actually one of the category of Nirmanakaya Buddha. So masters did not express or say that sentient beings and Nirmanakaya Buddha are different. Sentient beings are also Nirmanakaya Buddha. We're not, we may not be Buddhas of full transformation yet, but we're still partial transformation, the Buddhas of partial transformation. Looking at it from this point of view, every people in this world, everything in this world is Nirmanakaya Buddha. But ourselves, yourselves are also Nirmanakaya Buddha too. But saying this somewhat worries me too a little bit, because in the beginning when I was mentioning everywhere Buddha image, uh, I mentioned that people seem to see external things as Buddha really well, but see themselves as only sentient beings. And after mentioning the Buddha's full transformation and partial transformation, it worries me that those that are listening might think, oh, I'm only Buddha of partial transformation, I'm not Buddha of full transformation, and discourage yourself from going into that full transformation. Well, Master Chongsan, the second Dharma Master of One Buddhism, said that when our minds are pure and clear and upright, we are Buddhas of full transformation body. But when our minds are errant and benighted, we're Buddhas of the partial transformation body. There are times when you're able to use your mind really well. You know, you're in control of your six sense organs and you're able to hold your mind well through the sensory conditions. That is when you are Buddhas of full transformation. And there are times when you feel like you cannot overcome your six sense organs or you're swung around by sensory conditions. That is when you're Buddhas of partial transformation. Every day and every moment, you can go back and forth from Buddhas of full transformation and partial transformations. But what you have to keep in mind is that you are all Nirmanakaya Buddha who can become both the Buddhas of full transformation and partial transformation. 
you know, each and every one of you can have different meanings and definition of Buddha, depending on you know, your education background, um, depending on which religion, which background you come, you come from. Uh, some may consider Buddha image as Buddha. Some may consider Sakyamuni Buddha as Buddha. And some may consider yourselves as Buddha already. And Cardinal Master Tesan, uh, the third head Dharma Master of Huan Buddhism, said, there are stages in knowing Buddha. If we were to give a simile, one who knows the Buddha image as Buddha is a level of elementary school. One who knows only Sakyamuni Buddha 3,000 years ago as a Buddha is a level of middle school. One who knows that person is Buddha too if he or she awakens, and I am also Buddha too. Sorry. Yeah. If she awakens, and if I am also a Buddha too if I'm awakened, is a level of high school. One who knows the myriad phenomena in the universe are all the transformation bodies of a Buddha is a level of college. One who realizes that our self-nature is Buddha is a level of graduate school. So when we practice, we should not just seek only outside, but turn towards the inside. Then we can become one of the Mara defeated, or one beyond, one of beyond the household, or one of Tathagata. Therefore, we should not despise or give up on ourselves, but exert ourselves to be awakened to the self-nature. And you know, I hope through today's talk, I hope it gives everyone a chance to think about what your understanding of Buddha is and what level of understanding you are at regarding the subject of Buddha and what Buddha is to each and every one of you. And I also sincerely hope and pray that just from knowing the Buddha, you know, being in that elementary school level, we achieve uh, the level of PhD in Buddha through our continuous practice and study. And for those of you that are here for the retreat, it's been a great experience and great chance where you can discover that Buddha within. All right, thank you.